All right, we're back with Sam. Hello. That was quick. Yeah, yeah. We're it back. just felt like what, like two weeks ago that we started, we did our first recording, and this is our second one. Yeah. And I feel like I am part of your, it should be like Phil, Spiro, and Sam podcast. Uh, maybe one day you can buy <laughs> if, in. If you keep <laughs> buy in. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I better buy in early, expensive. right? Yeah. Come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, we got a plant now. Hey, I, th- I think it's actually borrowed. It's, it's not yours. It's a borrowed plant, yeah. It's not borrowed, same with that um, thing. Kind of nice, though. I, I really like it. it. It's So, it. I don't know if it's... Is it a Greek vibe or I is it a Chinese so. vibe? Because there's a lot of Chinese China that looks like this as well. But mm. it, it does look very Greek. The Chinese like. probably stole it from the Greeks. <sighs> no. Oh, <laughs> oh, let's not start this conversation. This is going to be one. a podcast of race. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll avoid that. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks... <laughs> Thanks for coming back on uh, such short notice. Phil's still away. So yeah, we'll podcast right mm-hmm. now. Um, it's now it's about what? Three weeks, almost three weeks into the new year. Um, so yeah. things are sort of in place. We can kind of look back a little bit now, but I know there was one, uh, one YouTube comment that you got. You received. Yeah. So um, I, I personally think this year is going to be the year for new home buyers. I legit think that and I made a YouTube video about it um, on our Elevate channel talking about house hacking and why it makes a lot of sense this year and I I got some interesting feedback and uh, I mean I, I, I definitely appreciate all types of feedback I'm the type of person who takes criticism really well um, I, I, I use it to improve myself but uh, no we, I think this would be a good po- podcast for us just to talk more about the pros and cons of house hacking. And since, you know, you you might be in a stage in life where house hacking might, might make sense. And for me and a lot of the people on our team, we've actually started with house hacking. It's, it, it definitely, it's a proven way for us to grow, like personally grow our portfolio. And that's why we're such strong believers in it. And I mean, just keep in mind that house hacking is not a forever thing. It's just a, to help you get your foot in the door with your first property. And because you're saving a lot of money with housing expenses and um, you're not front loading your debt with your first property. And that's why you can, you know, get to your second property faster and third property, etc. And so, yeah, we, we're strong believers in it, but you know, I'll read the comment. So um, this is in, in response to the video that is titled 2023 is the year for first time home buyers in Toronto from elevate realty. So Rick commented and said, If the only way to afford to buy a middling semi-detached home in 2023 is to move into its basement and rent out the main and upper floors, many folks will take a pass. This video doesn't really speak to the fact that finding a home with a ready-to-move-into basement apartment always sells at a substantial premium to its empty basement counterparts. You will pay more, your down payment will be higher, and your mortgage payment will be higher. Someone who is struggling to get into the housing market doesn't usually have an extra 50k to 75k kicking around for a basic basement reno. Boom. Rick. Mm. Spitting fire. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I respect it. Like, there's a lot of good points out in in this comment and we can kind of hash it all out, talk about the pros and cons of house hacking. And we personally talked about it quite a lot as well. And, you know, there's certain things that 
not are not as glamorous and there's obviously sure. there's benefits from the financial standpoint as well so you know we, let's talk about it yeah and maybe one time you know we, we do have a team member right now i won't say who uh, if they want to talk about uh their house ha- hacking current house hacking experience they can at a, at a different point but we won't uh, name names just because you know more personal but yeah mm-hmm. like you said let them uh, say it if they want to exactly let them say it if they want to um uh but like you said team members have house hacked in the past if you look historically in the city of Toronto, many people have house hacked. That's how a lot of new immigrants came into this country in the 60s, 70s with no money in their pockets, you know, roomed with roommates, saved up money. Back then it was a lot different than now. They were making a lot less, but a lot different than now. Um, they would save up, buy a house, rent out the first, second floors or whatever it was and, and slowly built their way up. That It's actually not a new concept. Um, mm. So the fact that people are thinking that maybe now that's the only way it is a little bit different these days things are much more expensive and for people just Mm -hmm. getting into the market it is a little bit more difficult but borrowing power is a lot higher than it was at one point as well Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. does it cancel out no it's definitely more difficult to purchase now that i think no yeah it's definitely definitely more difficult and back then you know I, i think i house hacked what like 15 years ago that's when i started and back then Property prices were cheaper, rents were decent. So yeah, I was definitely living rent-free by living in one of the three units mm-hmm. on a property and um, actually you know, gaining extra cash flow on top of that. So nowadays you can't do that. Um, you might be negative... I don't know, like maybe six hundred, a thousand dollars. It depends. It on depends what you're doing. on what yeah. on, on like how you want to live in that house, but um, it's definitely still a lot cheaper than renting a place on your own. And the bigger difference is that you're actually owning real estate. So you know the money that you put out every month. Part of it goes towards equity gain. So in your mortgage payment, uh, part of it is your principal pay down. So every, you know, half of it might go towards um, owning more of the property each month. And you also benefit from long-term appreciation. Of course, in the short, real estate should always be a long-term decision, a long-term investment. So in the short term, yes, like the market might go like that. But then if you look, you know, 20 years out, 30 years out, real estate does go up in value over time. And the third thing is leverage. Um, if you invest in stocks, it's a little bit risky. If you you can definitely leverage with stocks, but it's definitely riskier, and you might get your you might get margin calls, which means you know if if you lose too much money, then the banks will tell you to top up your position so that you don't get they're not put in a very risky uh, situation. But with real estate, you don't really get those calls, those mortgage calls, as much, uh, and so you can you get the cheapest rates for interest rate uh, for borrowing, and then you are able to use other people's money, borrowed money, uh, to make more money. And you end up being in a very good position in terms of your return on investment for real estate. So, you know, lots, lots of advantages there. Now, do you think these days, um, that is as easy to do as it was 15, 20, 40 years ago? Um, no, I don't think it's as easy. I mean, real estate prices have gone up a lot more. And if you look at the income um, growth, I think I was looking at a statistic, I was seeing that um, real estate prices are growing eight times faster than income growth. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely a lot easier back then to afford to buy real estate to do any of this. Um, but I mean, if you look more in the shorter term, things have gotten easier this year. So um, the biggest barrier to home ownership in Canada, uh, there was an independent uh, survey that did this. They said it's it's the capital. It's not the monthly. The, the second biggest thing is, you know, 
affording the monthly payments. But the biggest thing is getting enough capital to actually buy real estate. And last year, um, average real estate prices were well over a million dollars. So you can't actually get, I mean, there's different options. Like if you can get an insured mortgage and pay a lower down payment as long as your purchase price is under $1 million. But um, it wasn't last year. And that was the big thing. But now this year, because uh, starter home prices have gone down 25%, 30%, now that price has dropped back down to below a million dollars. And because of that, it's it actually opens up that like that reduces that barrier to entry. So instead of needing 20% down on a million dollar plus home, you would need what, like over 200 grand to get in. But now you can actually put seven and a half percent down. So you only need 75 grand plus closing costs to get in. So that's a huge, that's the big difference for this year. And uh, that's why I think it's, it's actually going to be a lot easier for first time home buyers, buyers this year. Hmm. Let's, let's jump into my, scenario because okay. we can probably use that to yes uh, explain a lot and and people in my scenario what what they're probably thinking and what i'm thinking yeah so yeah, for sure uh a couple years back i bought a condo um that's what i could afford at the time um so it was it was a little bit it was between the it was just under the amount that an entry-level home or a house hacking home with two or three units would be at mm-hmm. um I, my, my theory at the time which i was actually proven correct was that I thought the market would explode and go really high uh, starting the new year, right before I bought. So I purchased it at a level, and within about four or five months, I earned about $150,000 onto that, my initial purchase price. I mean, things changed. It went back Mark down. Mark to market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so now mm-hmm. it, it's actually evened out over that the course of the two years, which is, again, fine. It, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty much I'm a little bit above where I was before. Actually, if you look at it now, it's probably historically speaking, I'm probably on the same pace, which is good for now. Mm -hmm. Who knows what happens in another Mm -hmm. six months. But for now, I'm okay. My theory behind that was just get a property, get in in the game, um, and and then figure it out from there. I'd rather own something than nothing. Uh, And it it worked at that time. Now, where I am now, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's time to house hack because it opens up a lot more potential for me, a lot more savings in the short and medium term, mm-hmm. um, which would help me exponentially grow a little bit quicker. It would also put a little bit less stress on uh, on me as, as you know, an individual owning a property on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, bi- a big payment. Um, and living, all, it's not free. You know, nowadays it's going to be like I'm spending, if I want to live in a basement, maybe depending if it's three units, I'll be forking out probably five, 500 to $1,000 a month, which is very low. It's way lower than renting anything. Still, you know, practically free. It's not actually free, but mm-hmm. very, very low. If it was two units, I'd still be spending a considerable amount. If I wanted to live, let's say, in a three unit on the upper level, second floor, let's say it's a nice big uh, a unit, I'll be spending around two 2000 and maybe a little bit more, which is still very good for mm-hmm. that unit. If you were going to rent it out, it'd be three thousand. Or if you mm-hmm. were going to own a property, your mortgage on a property like that would be, you know, four or five thousand. So uh, it's actually relatively good and, and you know affordable relative to what else is out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, my theory now is I can keep what I have right now and live very comfortably. I mean, condos are amazing to live in. I will preach that all the time. Yeah, I, for sure. I you do get not all the amenities. Amenities. It's like the right, everything. it's right um, you know, type of neighbors. <laughs> everything is just, you know, I, I, I drive home, go into my underground parking spot, I take the elevator upstairs, 
go into my apartment. It's exactly how I left it. Not that homes change, but I don't have to worry about, oh my God, it's a storm. What's going to happen? No, it doesn't even matter. I don't even know when it's storming because I'm in my condo. It's, it's so nice, so laid back, uh, so stress-free. Um, like you said, amenities are, are amazing. Pool, sauna, gym, anything you really want. You do pay for that in your maintenance fees, but you know, the upkeep of it, it it's relatively worth it. I mean, there's, there's some that are pretty high, but my opinion, it's worth it. I, I really enjoy living in a condo and giving that up is going to be uh, very tough for me because mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of created this little life for myself that's uh, <laughs> like really nice, really nice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give it up. But at the same time, if I'm saving, let's say, 1000 or $1,500 a month and I can go into living in a bigger unit in a, in a house hacking scenario, so it would be much larger in this in in this situation what i've sort of run the numbers on on one particular house it would be 1100 square feet so double okay. double yeah, the bigger square than footage, your condo double 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 not just Is bigger that, double. oh your condo's that i thought yeah, it was a one, one plus ten okay. it's a one plus ten but it's like 650 to 700 square feet so okay. you know almost double we'll yeah. call it double because <laughs> it's it's like it's almost 1200 square feet i believe that mm-hmm. but anyways let's just say double mm-hmm. for argument's sake okay um and my payment will be halved of what I'm paying now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for the space, I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer when you put it in, in that yeah. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why would I spend double the amount on something that's half the size, even though the other the house hacking scenario is actually a quite you know the the apartment's very nice. It's not it's not uh, bare bones. That's why I'm spending you know two thousand a month on it or mm-hmm. whatever it would be. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more expensive. I could do a, a house hack and spend much less, mm-hmm. which is probably the smarter way of doing it but at the same time you got to enjoy where you live I think so but it I mean so I would especially since you're still young in life I would probably like personally I would sacrifice you know a couple of years just so that you can have the right base for growth and you know if you house hack and you can save more money but the other thing is that you would be able to qualify for new mortgages a lot quicker and that's something Mm -hmm. that you need to keep in mind if you have a condo that's your own then you're actually front loading a lot more debt and with the way that stress tests are going to change probably in q3 of this year it's going to be really it's going to be even harder for you to qualify for your next property next rental property if you're sitting on a condo that is your own and you're not generating any rental income but if you house hack, you have a big portion of the house that's also generating you income. So that, I mean, if you get so, a mortgage guy uh, to run numbers, then you can see that um, it'll be a lot easier for you to get your next property if you actually house hack. So it really depends on your long-term goals, you know, like savings and also growth. If people are satisfied with only, you know, with one property, then yeah, you know, choose whatever you want. Whatever you want yeah. uh, but if you're looking to grow a real estate portfolio, then there's steps and ways to do it to make it um more like a a better route to go basically fair enough (laughs) (laughs) i know there's things that you should do and there's a lifestyle that you sort of want to live um typically what you do see i would say the average real estate investor who does house hack typically these days maybe not 10 15 years ago these days the and the pattern that we see and i spoke to Ken about this, who was on the podcast um, last episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what what he's finding is people will buy a condo when they're young, 
that's their max affordability as a condo. Let's say mm-hmm. that, you know, 600,000 around that area uh, purchase price. Um, they'll live in it for a few years. It'll appreciate a little bit. Then they'll sell the condo once either their earnings go up or savings go up and the, and the condo appreciates. So it's like a threefold factor there. You know, you're, you're making, maybe mm-hmm. you get a promotion. So now instead of making, you know, 70K, you're making 90K or whatever it is. Mm-hmm, so now mm-hmm. you can borrow a little bit more. Um, now maybe you also have a partner that you're moving. There, there's a yeah, bunch if of you, if you things double your that income, then, Yes, exactly. Double your income. It's much easier. Then what will happen after a few years of owning that condo is you'll sell the condo, move into a house hacking scenario where now your payments go way, way lower. You get, you know, similar amount of space, let's say. Um, you live in that for a couple of years and now your affordability is, is much better and your qualification for the next purchases are much mm-hmm. higher and then you can start growing from there. Mm-hmm. And then you purchase, you know, your next property, which you move into fully and you rent out that last unit. Now that property turns into a rental property and now you have a rental property and an end user property that you maybe also house hack and rent out the basement. So it, it kind of grows from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the biggest pro of house hacking. It's, yeah. it's, it's the pro that for m- for a lot of real estate investors outweighs any con, any potential con that could pop up. Yeah. Now, there are also cons of it as well, for sure. And there's uh, unavoidable ones. Uh, the first one that uh, everybody I speak to, because everybody around you know my age, uh, my friend group, they all have the same thought is, I'm going to have to be living in one of my rental units with tenants below me or yeah. above me. Uh, it, it's something that's unavoidable in this situation. So you're going to have to always have face-to-face contact with your tenants every single so you day. you really have to like your tenants. <laughs> so you have to really like your tenants. You have to be extra uh, cautious uh, when renting out those units because you don't want to put somebody that's going to, you know, cause issues or mm-hmm. vice versa. You know, you know, you cause issues to them, right? If it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, let's say you're, you're living upstairs and you're a 25-year-old and you, you know are having friends over at 1 a.m. and you live on the second floor and on the main floor is a, you know, 70-year-old lady that's sleeping at, you know, 9 a.m. It's not going to, it's probably not going to be the best scenario and you're going to have to deal with that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, So the tenants is the the one huge one that always pops out. The second one is uh, for sure it's the noise between the units. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's, there are condo, uh, there are, um, uh, multifamily homes that are purpose-built, so like legal triplexes and duplexes that were actually built for that, you know, multifamily homes. Um, the, the sound doesn't travel as much in those. It's You can get away with them, but, you know, with 50, 70, 100-year-old homes... That were built to be single-family, then... Were, no. You're, yeah, you're it's, gonna, it's very, very hard. And I actually had... When I had my first kid, we still had a basement tenant for the first, I don't know, I would say like maybe half a year. And the noise issue, it wasn't my tenants making the noise. It was definitely my kids, my kid making the noise. And it's just, I I, I didn't want to do that to my tenants. So, and we needed that extra space anyway. So we ended up taking back the basement and, uh, you know, I'm sure they were happy them. to leave at that point. They were right? very happy to leave. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's, it's, it's really a win win, I guess, for that in, in that situation. Um, but yeah, so that's why like house hacking is not forever. It's only for that initial fast growth stage in life where you don't have a big you don't have a family yet. You're you don't mind living in that kind of situation for maybe a couple of years. And then once you gain enough um, equity, once you gain you know, get a bigger salary, then you can live 
in something nicer. So just sacrificing something in the beginning for bigger rewards in the future. Did you did you ever have any issues with tenants? Or, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, w- living in the same house. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 usually noise or conflicting views in terms of how things are done. But yeah, let's not talk about it. Yeah. So so this is the thing, right? It, it's really tough for especially going from a condo to go into that scenario mm-hmm. where condos is like, do I hear my neighbors maybe once in a while? Like, yeah. you know, there's a baby that cries. That's a, few, a unit over, but barely I can hear it. It doesn't bother me at all where I know for a fact that especially if it's forced air, if there's forced air, you can hear everything. If you're mm-hmm. by a vent and somebody else is by a vent below you, you can hear the whole like conversation practically. It's, it's very easy. It's just a vent. Like there's yeah. nothing really blocking it. Yeah. So it, it does take a little bit of, um, sacrifice, sacrifice, um, as, as a homeowner, but you know, to put it in perspective, um, people who are renting out those units to live with that every single day, um, you can find units that are better equipped to deal with the noise and the Mm -hmm. tenant issues. Maybe there's more parking spaces, so you don't have to run into that. Maybe, you know, the, the type of unit is, uh, geared towards a certain type of, uh, tenant that will match up very well with your lifestyle, right? Maybe, maybe you're not going to get mix of ages and you're going to get people who are around your age or you know have yeah. similar I mean you are the landlord you have the the option to choose who you want to live with right? sort of as a well sort of yeah. yeah I think so I mean as opposed to just renting a condo or being a regular yeah renter it, oh, that's where you that's, can't a, that's a good point that's a good counter argument actually to it where in a condo I have no say at all who's living beside me so that baby that cries every night you know kind of tough shit on my end uh, I have to deal with it you know, if I hear the my other neighbor partying until 2 a.m. on a Tuesday, which, you know, has happened a couple times, it doesn't bother me, but you can hear it once mm-hmm, in a while. Mm-hmm. I have no control over that. Whereas, you know, when you when you are putting a tenant into a unit and they've applied and you've seen their their application, you've seen their uh, you kind of, you know, you know who they are. You've talked to them. You, you get a better sense of, OK, this person's not going to probably keep me up on all night and vice versa. I'm not going to keep them all up all night when I'm, you know, taking calls at 1130 <laughs> or, or doing whatever it is, yeah. right? If, if I do want to have anybody over, it's not going to be a big issue. So there is a little bit more planning that I think goes, uh, goes into house hacking, but would you say the pros outweigh the cons? Yeah, that's why I did it. And that's why I preach it. De- definitely. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, there, there's so there's so many advantages, right? So you own a bigger property, you get bigger appreciation. You still get instead. So you know, some people ask, "Oh, does it make more sense for me to rent a place and then just put all the money in a separate investment property?" So I mean, obviously, there's the advantage where you're not living with your tenants, but the the other advantage of house hacking is that you gain capital gains tax savings from the portion of the home that you live in. So that's another big thing that you won't get from renting and then buying an investment property completely. Would you say, I'm happy you brought that up. Would you say that that scenario is still better than living in a property without house hacking? Meaning you're the only occupant. You're the the only occupant. So so buying, let's put it this way. Scenario A is mm-hmm. you buy a property and you live in it and mm-hmm. you're paying 4000 whatever it is, mm-hmm, 4000 mm-hmm, a month, let's mm-hmm. say. And that's, but you own it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Scenario B would be you buy that property, you rent it out fully and break even or mm-hmm. cash flow slightly yeah, yeah, positive yeah. and you rent out a place for you know mm-hmm. 2000 or 2500 whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So what, which option would you? Wait, so the th- is there a third option? I thought your third option is you just 
you own that house completely and you live in it. That was option A. Oh, option A. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, eventually I think everyone is going to get to option A. Well, that's the goal. And and you're going to get to option A faster if you house hack, right? So, um, it's in terms of returns, it's always better house hacking because you get rental income and you get appreciation and you get some capital gains exemptions. If you own your own house, then you do get appreciation. You lose out on rental income. So from a returns perspective, it's less, uh, even though you get that capital gains exemption and your holding costs are much higher. But eventually you still, you would probably want to be in that position. It's just a better standard of living. And you, if you have a growing family, you just need more space. So house hacking versus rent, renting a property, or buying an investment property that you rent out fully and renting something else, what would you choose in that scenario? House hacking first. House hacking. Yeah. So house so hacking is start, always first. Start with house hacking. Second first. would be and then you the would investment and then, rental. Yeah, and then you would probably take yeah, buy, buy a rental property and then take up more of your house hacked home, and eventually that whole house would be yours, and then you'd have and then you'd grow your and then you would have like a bigger portfolio of investments so that it kind of balances out. And then eventually if your investment portfolio gets big enough, then you can probably upsize into something nicer. So you, you really want to balance the, the, um, the real estate that you're sitting on, on your own, uh, versus the portfolio that's completely investment. As long as those two kind of balance out and, uh, your debt servicing ratios look good, then it's, it gives a reason for you to upgrade. I've seen a, a couple headlines this year that says it's the year of the first time home home buyer. Oh, I think I wrote that. That was that was my video. There's but, been multiple. Oh yeah, there's yeah. Been, there, oh, it's been in, okay, in okay. articles now, and I hear other realtors talking about it on yeah. on social media. Yeah. Why Why do you think that is? Well, like I said, you know, because it's easier to qualify, easier to get that down payment because home prices are under a million dollars. So you don't need 20% down payment. You only need seven and a half, seven and a half percent down payment. That's a huge difference. Mm. 75K versus 200K. Like, yeah. It's night and day. Night and day. Hmm. Okay. So what's, what's one thing you want to say to Rick then to, to kind of pull this all together? What, what, what do you want to respond to, to Rick's really good, r- really positive um, comment on yeah. your on your YouTube channel because this is exactly what you want when you when you put some oh, yeah. out content like this you, you want people you to want watch it and then yeah, yeah engagement so, yes 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 well I mean I, I did respond to the thread I think someone else wrote another comment but basically house hacking is temporary like I understand that living in a basement or living with tenants isn't the ideal situation but it will facilitate you to have faster growth and scale better and if the ultimate goal is for growth and to build up your real estate portfolio or to live nicer at the end, then house hacking is the way to go. You sacrifice a little bit in the beginning for bigger, greater rewards at the end. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Sam, thanks for coming on again. Really appreciate it. Next time I'm excited. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Maybe we can talk about um, mortgage rules because those are changing. And it's going to get tougher for real estate investors. (laughs) I don't know which button it is. I would have pressed it. Is there anything else you want to end on? No. I mean, that's it, I guess. See you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Phil, I miss you. Come back. We miss you, Phil. (laughs) Bye. Thanks, guys.